What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Malatown, episode number 16. Uh, thank you very much, Andrea and Aussie Momentum. The, the last couple of interviews, the last time we recorded, those interviews hadn't been recorded yet. So um, those guys were great. Thank, thank you for your time. Uh, joining me again today, as always, Robbie and Rox. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Rob, Robbie just <laughs> waved on this audio yeah, podcast. Like, what the? <laughs> they don't fucking see you, dude. <laughs> That's probably for the best, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. absolutely the way you're looking this morning. How are you doing, Ozzy? I'm quite good. shocking to see that first thing. Yes, indeed. Uh, look, we, what I've, I've done something a little bit different. We haven't had Charlie on the show uh, for a while. And to be honest, like amongst us, the crew, Rox and I told our stories like on the first episode, but maybe, Robbie, we should do an interview with you as well at some point. But uh I decided to interview Charlie as opposed to have him on for a segment. Uh, so right now, uh, let's uh, throw on over and uh, have a chat with Charlie and hear his story uh, coming t- into the Mala Militia. Welcome back. Jesus, he's already stomping on it. Welcome back <laughs> to Malatown. And uh, we have a very special guest this week, a little bit less special than everyone else because he's been on the show before and he's he's a part of the team, but we haven't had him on for a while. And I guess with all of us crew members, we haven't really told our stories too much. So I thought a great opportunity to get Charlie and San Antonio back on. Welcome back to Malatown. It has been a while. Uh, thank you as always. I uh, appreciate being here. Um, good morning. Good evening on the uh, the far east coast uh, so thank you for having me no, thank you for being here mate it's uh it's always i always love these interviews and love hearing everyone's uh different stories and uh as you know as a part of the team you know how it works here so why don't uh why don't we go back to when you were a kid and what what was it that made you fall in love with sports so my dad was um so in south texas you're you're pretty much if you're mexican there's a there's few things are already ingrained in your DNA. And my, my dad, he was a huge sportsman. Um, he he kind of raised me in, into that. I got into I started playing youth sports when I was super little. 
Um, some of the teams that I grew up with, uh, number one, South Texas, Mexican, you are a Cowboys fan. So I grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan and what's fucked up is I, I became a Cowboys fan. Um, so the, the age, I don't, what do they call the age of understanding, right? When I, when I was able to sit there and watch uh, a game and kind of understand what was going on, that was in, uh, 90, 97. So a year after the last <laughs> fucking Super Bowl, right. You know, and, uh, you know, and from that point forward, you know, there was a lot of misery involved in that. Um, so football was the Cowboys, of course, San Antonio, the Spurs, huge Spurs fan. Um, and then, um, baseball, um, baseball was actually my first real love. Uh, and I was an Astros fan growing up, oh. um, back in the, Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's going to be a shock. I, I was, uh, uh, early nineties, uh, I started mid, uh, late nineties. That was the killer beast team with the uh, Biggio Bagwell, uh, bell, you know, um, there were a lot of great players on that team. Um, I remember T-ball, my coach would get fucking pissed because I was such a huge Jeff Bagwell fan. And I don't know if you remember, but he had this weird, awkward fucking stance, right? He would like crouch down like a fucking samurai and like spin his bat, you know? It looked, it, looking back on it, it was dumb as fuck, but I thought I was the coolest motherfucker there trying to emulate it. But then I ended up swinging like a girl, you know what I mean? So finally they pulled me aside. They're like, hey, let's... Uh, they, you know, they're like, that's a unique swing, you know, <laughs> you uh, kind of uh, find your own, you know? So yeah, those are the three big teams growing up. Yeah, cool. The Cowboys, uh, you know, we're going <laughs> we're, we're to get onto that a little bit more, but uh, yeah, yes, your, yes, your, your timing and my timing similar. I did jump on board during those, those three uh, titles in, in the early nineties, but you know, a kid from Australia, I didn't know what was going on. I just, I, I picked them. And so yeah. for me as a fan, like you say, that age of understanding, uh, since I have learned NFL football, it's not been a fun time to be to be a Dallas <laughs> no. Cowboys fan. And no. um, I mean, some people would know already uh, that have listened to your calls, but obviously you've um, you've jumped off the Cowboys bandwagon in, in more yes. recent times. So uh, let's have a bit of a talk about that. Uh, explain to everyone what what happened there, and you're now very anti Cowboys. If I'm, I, I am a hundred percent anti Cowboy, and I don't know if it's Cowboys as much as we'll get into it in a minute. We've had plenty of uh, off air conversations about this, and. And it's funny, everyone always says, like, oh, you weren't a real fan. If you're just going to turn away from you're not a real fan. Like, bitch, I sat through the fucking Quincy Carter era, Drew Henson, Chad Hutchison, those fucking corpses they drug out there. You know what it was like? Every week I'd wake up and be like, oh, well, looks like my team's going to get their brains beat in. You know what I mean? But you sat there and watched. And, you know, that was, remember uh, the Dave Campbell era, those fucking 5-11 and 11 failures? Yeah. And our defense that those years, our defense, I think was some of the best in the league. Think about the the legends that were there: Woodson, Dexter Coakley, that win. You know what I mean? Um, uh, Roy Williams. Like we had some studs on defense, and and we had talent on offense. We just couldn't get him the fucking ball, you know. And then one year, two thousand five, right? So like I was. I remember the Vinny Testaverde experiment. I'm like, why the fuck did we sign this washed up clown? We, you know, this is when we had Keyshawn. We couldn't get him the ball. And I'm like, man, this sucks. So the next year, I'm like, maybe we're going to replace him with something better. Do you remember when we went out and got fucking Drew Bledsoe yeah. out of the fucking retirement home? I'm like, Jesus, what are we doing? I'm like, not again, you know? 
And I thought with Parcells, it's a new hope, new era. And, you know, we started off sucking. You know, I was like, same old shit. Bledsoe looked washed. And then a man, um, as a, a gift from God, donning the number nine from Northern Illinois, steps on that field. And I remember he came in, uh, Parcells bench Bledsoe. He came in at a half. And, like, I remember that game, uh, I think it was against the Bucks. And, like, the first play, I was like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, he he pushed the ball downfield. He took a risk. I'm like, that's pretty cool. You know, and then it started the kind of legend. And the next few weeks, they were kind of competitive. That was a year I think we made – that was uh, the first time we made the playoffs in God, know, in God knows how long that I can remember, right? And, um, yeah, and I, that was the infamous year of the Seahawks, that Seahawks playoff game, as yeah. you remember so well. And, you know, people – take that moment with that, 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 uh, fumbled snap. Right. And this is where me and a lot of Cowboy fans split. Right. Because in that moment, that, that moment, you know, uh, pretty much captures Tony Romo in a nutshell. Right. Because yeah, there was a mistake. Right. But in that moment he scooped it up and he still went for the touchdown. In fact, a couple inches short, that game would have been completely different. That it was, it was, uh, I just remember like, because it was an incredible game. Remember Miles Austin? They went and scored a touchdown late in the fourth quarter, and then they kicked the kicked it off, and Miles Austin returned it for a touchdown, and then they went. And so it was like a emotional game, and that was one of the few moments. And I'll go over some of these in in uh, sports where a sporting event made me physic feel something physical. Like because after that game, I stood up, and I remember I was with uh, my brother, my brother and my dad were watching. And I was like, I was like, go, go. Go, yeah. Oh, and I just kind of stood there in shock, right? And then after the it hit triple zeros, I remember getting up and like, where are you going? I'm like, I I just I need I need a walk. You know, I need to go for a walk. And I walked around the block and that that kind of started it. And you know, uh that was after that, it was years of uh being relative again and, and waking up on a Sunday with the, uh, not actually feeling like hey, we can win these games, you know. And he got so much flack, but this is my thing with Romo. And I, and I always tell Cowboys fans this, right? Because, oh, Budo Picha Romo, and he always costs us a game. He always chokes. Like, maybe in his first couple of seasons, you know, I, I could maybe buy that narrative. But he was he always showed up. He was a gamer. And my thing is, is like, you know, one of my favorite plays by him is uh, against the Rams. I think it was in 2007 when they snapped it over his head. 20 yards behind him. He runs, picks it up. Uh, no, I think it was against the Texans. It was against the Texans. He slips one tackle, spins, looks downfield. It's, it should be it should be a broken play. Ends up running and picks up the first down, right? And, you know, there's been numerous times where he'll he'll fit it into double coverage, right? He'll, he'll take the chance and go deep. If you're going to cheer when he does something like that, you can't sit there and boo when he tries to make the same throw and it gets picked off. You know what I mean? And and I like I don't know about most people. I want my quarterbacks all in. Like I don't want check down Charlie. You know what I mean? I, I you as a Cowboy fan, you've lived through plenty of years of of you know, like I said, the Drew Hutchinson, uh, the Drew Henson, Chad Hutchinson era, where it was like five yards in the flat, check down, check down. You know, third and ten, we're running a screen. Like what the fuck? You know what I mean? No, I no risk it, no biscuit, as uh, Bruce Arians would say. And so that's. You know, I, I so I, I was all in on Romo and um, lead so to bring this full circle, and why I'm not a Cowboys fan anymore 
So the very last year, right? And I, I thought that was the best team Romo had since he had been there offensively, right? Offensive, the the early picks we took in the first round, uh, you know, Zach Martin, uh, Tyron Smith, paying dividends. You know what I mean? Um, offensively, we had talent across the board. DeMarco Murray was starting to hit a stride. Des Bryant was a freak. You know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, and so I think we had Cole Beasley at that time, too, in the slot. And so, like, this was his best opportunity, right? And, I, and, you know, he got hurt in the preseason, and I get it. You know, you bring in Dak. And Dak started winning a couple games. And I started noticing that a lot of Cowboy fans were just like, oh, this is our savior. This is uh, this is uh, the next big thing, you know? And I'm watching the games. I'm like, dude, he's throwing for like 185 yards. Like, what are we talking about here? You know what I mean? It's not Dak. It's the talent that we have on this team. And so – you know, we get further and further in the season, and this is this is such an asinine argument that I hated. We can't ruin a good thing now. You know, Dak Dak's won like eight in a row, nine in a row. You don't you we don't we don't want to ruin something now. We don't want to mess with the streak, you know. And and what if we bench him and he doesn't come back from this? I'm like, dude, if he gets benched and he comes back and he's a scrub, he was never any good to begin with, you know. And then it came time when Romo was healthy, and I'm like, they're not going to do this. You know, what I mean, they're not going to bench him for a rookie, an unproven rookie. After everything Romo's done for that organization, you know what I mean? You think, do you know that the last, I, th- I believe there was an, I read an article, the last two years he was there, 2014, in tw- the year, the 2014 year, he can't even sleep normally, right? He has to sleep kind of almost sitting up because of all the damage that was done to his back. You know, he won a game with the herniated disc. You know what I'm saying? So he paid his dues. And I feel like even outside of sports, as a man, he earned the right to prove whether, he could do it or not, you know, and if he came out two games and it was three picks, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, three, you know, a couple pick sixes thrown in there. I'd have been cool with that. I, w- I would have been like, you know what, Romo, you had your chance. You wasted it. But they didn't do that. They didn't allow that. Jerry Jones placated to fans. And he was like, he, you know, he wanted he, he kind of rolled that viral wave. And he's like, oh, we're going to stick with Dak. And I, I it, it, it rubbed me the wrong way. And I, I remember the next year. The first game, right, I'm sitting there watching. I think it was against the Giants. And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to get into it. I'm trying to root for my boys, you know, team I've been, you know, rooting for my my entire adult life. And I remember uh, Dak, it was like a third down, right? And Dak, you know, converts. And while the ball's in the air, I'm like, the guy catches for the first down. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, why, why am I rooting against that, right? And then later on in the game, he throws a pick. I'm like, hell yeah. I'm like, wait. I shouldn't be cheering for this. You know, like, I should, this should upset me. And I tried a couple more games and I realized like, I just can't, I, I just, I don't like Dak. I don't like how this all played out. And from that moment forward, and especially all my friends that I watched the games with, how they're fucking drooling over this guy, you know, um, unproven, hasn't done anything for him, but he's the next big thing. So then from that point forward, I kind of turned into an orphan. Uh, I, I just, I couldn't root for him anymore. You know? All right. Well, I've let you. I've let you carry on it. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna bounce back. I'm gonna fire okay, back. So, okay. first of all, I, I to be honest, I think you and I are in a similar place when it comes to Tony Romo. Um, I, I've always felt like uh, he's probably one of the more harshly judged quarterbacks of all time. Uh, I did think he was a great player, but unfortunately. You know, the things that do go wrong and the things that have gone wrong over the years, especially in big games at in big moments, whether they're all 
Romo's fault or not, they all happened to him and it happened to him a lot. Uh, and so, unfortunately, I, I certainly believe you make your own luck. So um, I, I, I do think there is something there about Romo uh, just coming up short when it, when it mattered most. But towards the end there, 2014 was his best year I think, and that was the the Des Bryant would catch no catch uh, season, which it was a catch. That to me, over since since the last Super Bowl, that's the best Cowboys team I've seen. Uh, is that yes. 2014 team? Um, once again, agreed with you. I was on the same lines in 2016. I was like, yes, like hopefully this kid can get us to, you know, five and five when Romo comes back, or six and four, and then yeah. Romo comes back, uh, and and I. Yeah, I, I actually thought Dak continuing to win games was a detriment to the Cowboys because it meant Romo wasn't coming back in. But at the end of the day, dude, he was eleven and one when Romo was fit. Dak was eleven and one. How can you bench a guy that's eleven and one? And he ended yeah, up going thirteen and three. How how can you do that? I understand what you're saying, and I think Romo in that team would have been much better. And there is a potential Super Bowl win there. I agree with all of that. But how can you bench a guy that's eleven and one? Yeah, well, my whole thing is this, right? So you're a hard worker. I'm a hard worker. We both have full-time jobs. Now, I don't know how it is in, in Australia, but uh, in 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 the States over here, we have, like, uh, if, if there's a serious uh, injury or, like, a serious family matter, right, um, we have what's called the FMLA Act, the Family Medical Leave Act. So I believe it's three months they have to hold your job. Right. They can't they can't just fire you. Now, it's not paid. You get paid leave in the beginning. But federal law, they can't just be like, oh, you're 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 taking this leave. Uh, you know, whatever. There's uh, you're going through serious problems or whatever. They can't just replace you. Right. So with that little I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie it all back in. So let's say that we, you're, you're at a job and, you know, you hurt your back or what, what have you. Right. So you're going to be out significant time. And they're like, all right, cool. And so they bring someone in to, to replace you a temp. Right. And, you know, you, you come back, you're getting ready to come back to work and you tell your boss, you're like, hey, uh, you know, I'm fixing to get cleared, you know, a couple of weeks from now. And you start hearing the, in his voice like, oh, are you sure you want to take more time? No, no, I think I'm good. You know, and then you finally go to get your job and he's like, well, you know, uh, fucking Dustin over here. He, uh, I hate to say it, but he, he's a little more, he works a little more efficient than you. You know, he's a little more faster than you. He's a little more cheaper. You know, and, and I think he does a better job. And you're like, well, I, you know, we don't know if you, you can do as good a good a job as him. And you're going to be like, well, can I at least have a chance to prove it? Like, like I haven't earned an opportunity to show whether I can do it or not. That's my whole thing. I'm not saying whether I'm not saying Dak deserves to be benched. I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that he Romo earned the right to prove if he could do it or not. And you know what? If you would have, at the end of the year, if they'd have moved on, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. You know what I mean? I figured this was going to be his last year anyways. You know? But I, the way that they took that from him, I feel like as much as he gave to that organization, they owed him more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They owed him more. And I, I felt like it was just, it was trash. It's not like what, it's not, it's not like Emmett Smith, right? Because I, I'm pretty sure we're the same age. You remember how we had to force Emmett Smith out? Because towards the end, it was like, bro, it's, you're picking up three yards a carry. Like, I know you want to break the record, but, you know, this team's falling apart and, you're just taking up a spot, right? So I kind of got, I understood that. Emmett Smith didn't really hurt me as much because he proved he couldn't do it. Romo was still, you know, I, 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 at the, at the end of his prime at the very least. And so that, that's my whole thing. I, I get, and my whole, the whole argument about how can you just bench him? I'm like, what difference would it made? What Dak was going to quit? You know what I mean? Or that, would it damage Dak? Is that what you're saying? No, no, I'm, that's not what I'm saying at all. I just think, and in, and to going on your your analogy and asking me, look, if I had to take time off from work through an injury and someone came in and clearly was not doing a better job than me, but clearly doing the job perfectly, and I'm towards the end, um, going into retirement, I've got a history of injuries, I'm going to understand that they're like, well, this guy's young and healthy and he's going to be here and he's doing the job um, quite well at the moment. You know, and, and I, you're gonna be, you'd, you'd be okay with that. You'd be like, you know what, boss, you're right. You know, like he can have my job. He's, you're, you're right, dude. I, I'm not, but I'm not saying that you have to just accept it and be happy about it. Like, obviously, Romo is going to be disappointed, and I would be disappointed in that same situation. And I agree with you. I believe yeah. that team was set up to win a Super Bowl if Tony Romo is the quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I was yeah. devastated that he didn't come back into that team. Uh, but unfortunately, I understood it. And every with every win that Dak got, every win I went. We're not seeing Romo this year. It's not yeah. going to happen. It's over. Like it's Dak Prescott now, and like, and I know that you hate him and all that, but at least this year I'm starting to go. Well, maybe, maybe Dak is the guy, and I haven't thought that at all throughout his entire run. You know, but he's starting yeah. to show something this year uh, to where I'm like, all right, we're getting there to where he might be a good quarterback. But hey, such is life. Let's move on to one of your other teams. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a fucking long interview, you and I getting going. Um, yeah, yeah. You talked about the Spurs, and obviously you had a lot of great success, uh, enjoyed a lot of great success with the Spurs. Um, but I like, once again, going back in time, I was always a big David Robinson fan. I loved I loved yeah. the Admiral. Um, and that, I imagine, when you're a kid, you, you grew up watching fucking David Robinson. Yeah. I was actually, what's funny is I was actually more of a Sean Elliott fan you know, I don't know why. Maybe because he shot the three. I thought the three was cool. Um, but Dave Robinson was big. And the thing that people don't realize in San Antonio, because I grew up in the inner city, and Dave Robinson made frequent trips to, to you know, lower-income schools. Uh, you know, he did a lot of charitable work behind the scenes, you know. Um, I remember he used to give out – him and Avery Johnson would have, um, you know, uh, they would have these nights where they would give out tickets to different churches. They would have like a – like a prayer night, like a like kind of like a, a Bible study. So at the, at the end of the game, it'd be some trash game like Spurs, Celtics, whatever. But he would give all these tickets out to, to you know, kids and churches, whatever. And the end, they would have like a little Bible study and stuff. And there's a really cool story, if you look it up, about David Robinson. 
there was a uh, and actually a friend of mine benefited from this. He uh, there was a school I can't remember the school, but he went to visit them right, and he told he promised each and every one of them in that class, if y'all any of y'all make it and graduate, I will pay for your scholarship. And he actually honored like it was I think it was like ten years later he honored that commitment. He paid I think it was like two hundred kids got got like a full ride, you know. And so so they had like the you know he was a very intricate part of the community. Those days, though, it was it was funny because, uh, you know, the Spurs during that time, they, they you know, they would always kind of come short or whatnot. Um, you know, I was never really a Michael Jordan fan. I don't know about you. This is around the same age, but at I the time, all, at the yeah, time, I, I hated Jordan. Uh, I, when you get older, it. it becomes the appreciation for what he did. You appreciate exactly. And at and, the time, like, I hated him. <laughs> and, and here's a hot take, right? Space Jam. No matter who made it, sucked. Oh, yeah. I hated Space Jam as a kid. I thought this was cheesy, fucking cornball bullshit. You know what I mean? And yeah, so but yeah, uh, some of but the Spurs, yeah, they 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 were probably a big emotional tie. You know, me and my dad, we watched so many games together. And uh, so this is this is probably one of the uh, moments where I've I like I've actually like got close to tears for a sporting event. It was two thousand four, right? 2004, it was game, uh, game six. We were up to, we went up to all against LA, blew them out. I mean, that was when that was Ginobili and Parker's kind of coming out party, right? Now, uh, this was game five. They they tied it up, so it was game five. And this is back back in the day before you know, uh, my my dad was really good friends with this bar owner, and he always used to take me to sports bars and everything to watch games and. And you could get away with that, you know, if, if you was your kid. And but he knew this this owner. Her name was Missy, and she owned this place called the Moose Lounge in San Antonio. And um, so they used to have for like big events, like playoff games and all that. They would do like barbecues, and and I'd go there, and I knew her. Though I would hang out with her sons, and so we were there. And this is a small little bar of like it was small, but it was packed, like fifty people, rowdy, rabid, drunk Spurs fans, right? And we're we're into this game, so that's a game when Tim Duncan uh, and you can Google it. Tim Duncan made one of the greatest shots I've ever seen live. You know, he's coming across the middle, he catches it. Shaq throws his fucking vicious forearm, knocks him over, falling backwards, doesn't even see the basket, and it goes in. And me and my dad are jumping up, and I'm just like, this <laughs> is great. You know what I mean? That's you know, the place is yeah, the bar is so loud and rowdy. There's only four tenths of a second left. It's a formality. We're already talking about the next game. We're looking ahead into the next series. You know what I mean? We're talking about like, oh, this is gonna be great back to back, blah blah. Enter and Derek Fisher. Fisher. <laughs> and, and and I I remember, it was like slow motion when he let it go. It just looked so right, and I was like, no, <laughs> boom, and that place got silent. I mean, silent. And people were like murmuring, like, did that count? Like, what is that? You know, the Lakers are running off the court. Like, no, that didn't count. Like, bring them back. Bring them back. And I remember I had to be like 13 years old and I'm on the, the in the ride home and I'm just like, it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Why do they do this to me? You know? So that was, that was kind of up there. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think a lot of people, cause you're such a, um, 
uh, such a douchebag on the show when you call Ben. I think everyone likes yeah. to laugh at your pain, so that's good. And I want to I want to go to another painful one, and and this one okay. pissed me off a lot as well. A, I think I had money on him at the time, and B, I hate LeBron James, and oh, yes. so uh, that the Ray Allen three uh, that. I'll never forget that. And, and Ben doesn't believe in momentum or anything. But as, yeah. soon as, as soon as that three went in, the Heat won the championship. Yeah, I already know. Yeah. And, and, you know, that one was especially painful. And uh, I'm going to show you kind of a real side of it right now. Um, I, was actually, I, was, I, was actually, I was actually incarcerated during that time. Oh. And, um, yeah, I had, you know, that was one of the lowest points in my life. You know, I was, I was battling – uh, you know, drugs and, um, you know, this is kind of like, I had, I'd already hit rock bottom, you know? And, um, so I, I was locked up at the time and, you know, me and my father at that, we hadn't spoken for years, uh, leading up to that, you know, but we had reconnected, you know, I'm writing to him. We started reestablishing a relationship or whatnot. And I remember that, you know, it had been so long since the Spurs won and, you know, that feeling, uh, that, that game, we, we dominated most of it, you know? And I remember when they put pull out the ropes, you know, and you know that generally misses his free throws. I'm like, yeah, whatever, it's kind of close or whatnot. And then Kawhi misses his free throws. But I remember thinking, like, man, like uh, it's gonna be cool. But I, just, I wish my dad was here. You know, I, I wish I could see my father. And I remember it was all in slow motion when it got tipped, and I, and I thought it was gonna go out of bounds, and the camera panned, and there's that little fucking Weasley looking motherfucker. <laughs> Right place at the right time. You know, after LeBron choked, by the way, people want to forget that. Like, he missed, like, two big shots in a row. Like, he took two dumb threes. You know what I mean? And when he left it, it just – it looked so pure. And it's funny, you know, watching sports in prison because it's – because there's gambling everywhere. Um, you know, in prison, it's very, uh, like, regional-oriented. Like, you represent your city, and there's, like, city rivalries, but there's kind of, like – there's a lot of uh, visceral hate behind it. You know what I mean? And so it was like electric in there. And when he hit that, you know, everyone from San Antonio just kind of like sick, you know, and then you had people all over and they're rubbing it in, you know, and I remember like watching that and I just started walking to myself, you know, I didn't even watch overtime. Like I, I didn't even, cause I, I, uh, I knew we were going to lose overtime. You know what I mean? Like I, like I, there was like no point. Like I'm not going to like in that moment, you knew the series was over, you know? And, and it, it just sucked. I was like, fuck man, you know? And it, yeah, so that was, that was kind of one of the, that one was really painful, you know, for multiple reasons. Cause you know, a few months, like a month after that, you know, my, you know, uh, my father ended up passing away, you know, and I was, I was locked up for that. And I remember like, one of the last letters he wrote about, you know, he was like, you know what, you were right about Kawhi because we, we had a, a when he first got drafted, I watched him the first year. I'm like, that dude's going to be the next big thing. You know, he had all the attributes, you know, the athleticism, the length. And I'm like, you need to keep it on that guy. And so we're right. And he's like, you're, you're, you're right about Kawhi, you know, but he's like, don't feel bad. You know, uh, I'm kind of happy. We didn't see it together. We're going to have, we're going to, we're going to watch this team, you know, win multiple championships together. And then like, that was the last letter I got from him, you know? And, um, uh, yeah, so that, that, that one kind of was like more kind of emotional for a different reason, not for like just a pure sports fan. 
Well, thanks, mate. Um, here I was uh, looking to laugh at you and uh, enjoy your pain, and <laughs> you just made me feel like the biggest jackass that's ever lived. Uh, no. <laughs> I really appreciate your candor there, man, and and, and letting yeah, us yeah. in. Uh, that's that's fascinating to hear, and really sorry to to hear that. Um, you know, you're incarcerated when your dad passed away. That's um, that's yeah. that's a really sad situation. But I uh, look. That, but- um, I guess that's yeah, some of your shit talking now um, makes a little bit more sense. Uh, you know, <laughs> I guess I guess you uh, be, uh, become a you walk a bit taller when you when you survived prison. I imagine, but um, yeah, so some way. <laughs> well done on turning it all around, and uh, you know, obviously you're holding down a good job and stuff these yeah, days. So, so well done with that. And let's obviously the job I assume is I don't know maybe in maybe while you're incarcerated perhaps you you found Ben Maller but when did you find Ben Maller and what were the circumstances behind a you know uh-huh. um, yeah starting to listen to Ben and calling in so I started listening to Ben um actually when I got out so uh, so I've always been a huge sports talk guy my dad actually was a caller to locals local shows here you know he would call in a lot um we actually got really cool with the this radio crew local here, there were Robin, Jason Thompson. We would hang out with them. Like they would have football Sundays at Hooters. They, they broadcast. Um, and then we'd all eat Hooters and stuff. I actually was at, I've been to the ticket 760 studios, which is Fox sports radio here. Um, they, they would let us go in when they do the national Sunday night show. And we sit in there and listen. So I've always been a huge, uh, sports radio guy. And I actually came up with Jim Rome. I don't know if you've ever heard of Rome, right? Yeah. yeah I know, right. And so, huh? Yeah, I know Rome. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of because you know I started listening like early two thousands, and back then it was a lot more looser, and the call the callers were funny and vicious, and they always walked the line, and I, I always dug that. You know, I've always been a, a big fan of comedy, and but towards later on, right, right before I got locked up, I, I kind of you know I got locked up, and you know you had a radio, but it's kind of hit or miss what you pick up, and it's not like you can record your show anyway, you know. Most of the time you want to hear music because that's one thing that's lacking is fucking music, you know, in there. But so I, I get out and I had the shittiest job. My first my first job out was fucking detailing cars at this dealership, right? In the middle of fucking uh, heat stroke summer or whatever. But you're there. So I was listening to things. I, you know, you have your headphones. So I wanted to get back kind of to Rome. But, dude, the guy got fucking soft. You know what I mean? And it, it became so fucking pc and like the things you couldn't say anymore and the things that weren't funny, I'm like, dude, he sold out. You know what I mean? And and I, I don't blame him. You know, if I made as much as him, I'd fucking sell out. You, you'd make me say whatever you want, you know, but it wasn't funny to me anymore. It was more like, like, I, I hate ESPN. I hate like, you know, mushy, gushy shtick. You know what I mean? Like, like cliches. So I'm trying to find new things to listen to. And I remember, I think it was, uh, I just remember tuning into Maller and he's just fucking obliterating LeBron, like just taking a ball back to him. I think it's like 2015 or whatnot. 2015, uh, four, no, like 14, 15. And I'm like, wow. You know what I mean? Like everyone else is, is, is fucking uh, stroking this dude's cock. And here, here's Maller, like, you know, saying what I, I feel and what everyone else I think wants to say. And so I started checking it out. And that was when uh, it was Bob Guerra was a producer um jake jake warner this was like the last yep. few months of jake warner's career there love stay awake at jake that uh that was one of the first things i've heard uh was a rant about uh his lakers and uh they're on their way back 
Uh, this is like the dark days of the Lakers. And it was just kind of a fun show. It reminded me of like me and my friends talking sports, just busting each other's balls, uh, you know, tearing down each other's favorite teams or whatnot. And so that's when I started really kind of listening to it. And, you know, and then I, I gained a deeper appreciation um, when I started hearing a lot of the callers and, you know, um, you know, especially at that hour, there's, there's all sorts of people who, you know, most people would consider outcasts, but I always thought it was cool that he didn't pander to him. He would treat him like everyone else, you know? And I I thought that was pretty cool. And to give these people a purpose and airtime, I thought that was kind of genuine. Like, you know, I, I, it, it, it showed me like, wow, this guy is like a really cool human. Cause it's, it's not like someone like, uh, you know, like the early days of Stern or something where he'd bring like shy side shows, you know, carnival freaks, you know, to laugh at Ben always try to make you laugh with, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, uh, even though you, you could be a joke, it wasn't like you are the joke. You get what I'm saying? So I, I kind of respected that more too. And so, yeah, that, that's kind of my first, um, intro to, to Mallory. Yeah, we sort of, uh, by the sounds of that, so, I mean, I discovered Ben a few years before that and I was trying to find him, um, but obviously difficult in Australia. But, yeah, 2014, um, yeah, when it was Bob Guerra and Jake Warner and all that, that's when yeah. we got That's when we got the iHeart app and that's when I was able to start listening live all the time. So, yeah, you and I probably picked up at around about the same time, which is interesting. Um, yeah, you mentioned, obviously, the callers uh, is what, you know, you know, just puts it to that next level, I guess. Ben yeah. Ben is such a great uh, host and his monologues are great, but yeah. then those callers just are fantastic. Who's Who stood out to you when you first started listening? Who is your, some of, some of your favorites early on? So so early on, yeah, some of my favorite, my, actually, uh, Judgmental John. Like, I, yes. I, 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 I thought he was, he was highly underrated. I, you know, because I don't know if it was, if it was actually him or if it was his kind of, uh, persona that he he embraced on air but i thought you know the way he for example uh you know referring to people as customers and consumers you know what i mean and like trashing pro sports i but he did it in a way where it would it would piss you off but you're like fuck man this guy's making uh salient points you know like any any good heel uh what they say pisses you off is because they're talking the truth and you know they're talking the truth exactly exactly yeah Yeah. so you see there he was one of the uh first ones i think one of the first calls i've ever heard was uh and actually turned into a drop this is one of the the ones i was like wow mark uh mark the full name guy right and this is a few years ago when he was crazy but he's he was still like you know he still can make like, you know, um, like you understandable phone calls. Like his calls weren't just like incoherent ramble, but he, they got into this huge argument. That was the one where he was like, you hang up. He was like, Ben was like, hang up on yourself. He's like, you hang up on yourself, Ben. <laughs> you hang up on yourself, Ben Maller. Yeah. Yeah. That was great, man. He was, he was an, another really good one. Um, and then, uh, later on, I remember when, uh, real talk started calling in and that was a, that like, That was a first real, like... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I didn't understand what the, what the what the hype around the guy was, right? Because when he started calling it, I'm like, dude. All he does is fucking, you know, and later on he evolved to have uh, more longer calls and he started getting segments and stuff, you know, and um, but early on he would just get on. He would he would uh, fucking um, use that. He would uh, say that same fucking dumb tagline that boom, boom, boom. Then he would start reciting lines from like obscure naive rap songs that I knew, you know, that was his call. He would just recite lyrics, you know. Never mention sports, never mention anything, and that, that would be it, you know? And I'm like, this guy is fucking sucks. But for some reason, Ben got this affinity for him, and he started getting more and more action, you know? And I was like, this guy is terrible. I could do such a better job, you know? And then, you know, yeah. So, yeah, those are the first few ones. Um, yeah, so those are, those are kind of the ones that stuck out in my mind. You know, the, the, I, I like the judgmental John. I, I agree with you about him. I thought he was great. Uh and in terms of, I he annoyed the shit out of me, and I couldn't stand him. But yes. that's what made him great because that's what he was trying to do, and uh, he was really, yeah. really good at it. So that's a that's a nice one to to bring up. Good memory. Um, so what about yourself, or just any other? Is there any uh, sort of moments on the show uh, that just you just cracked up laughing, and, and and you just never ever forget? Them? Oh yeah, there there's there's a few there's a few that like actually you know because I used to ride the bus lots of work, and I and um, when I worked. Uh, when I worked during uh, the days, I was in a podcast. So one of them that stuck out to me was, uh, and if anyone, and I know there's so many talent militia members that can do this. Rem- I don't know if you remember when uh, Jonas Knox called in as Andrew in Fremont and played, uh, I think he played uh, Benny's Baller Dash. That was fucking classic. It was, he referred himself as Andrew in Fremont Dalvocator, <laughs> but he pulled him out so well. <laughs> That was one of my favorite moments. I don't remember yeah, that, that one. I think I've I think I've missed that one. So if anyone can mm-hmm. find that, please do. Dude, that was just a, a classic moment. Um there was uh so every every major uh when when uh Ben lost a bet to uh I think it was Danny. No, when Danny G lost a bet, I think it was Danny G, the Lakers bet, when he said the Lakers were gonna make a playoffs, and it was like a hundred dollar bet, and he paid it in quarters. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was pretty good uh yeah. that one i i really like uh um a couple moments like that uh another one that made me laugh real hard was uh they were doing nfl pick them during the year the falcons went to the playoffs and it, i think it was uh before anyone knew the falcons were going to be good but it was right before that playoff game and ben froze right he's like uh uh uh, uh matt ryan that was his first pick and it was so funny because they started laughing 
And Ben's like, ah, I froze. I froze. And, and he ended up winning. But at the time, you're like, what a dumb pick that was, you know? So those are kind of uh, some of my few, uh, favorite moments, you know? Of course, the Octagon, uh, some of the Octagon ones, um, I, th- I think Chris in Real Talk, that one was was pretty uh, was pretty good. I thought Chris, I thought Chris won that one. You know, I think he got screwed. You know, um, and that, you know what? I didn't even bring that up when you mentioned callers. Chris was one of my favorite ones. That was like, you know, I saw the evolution of him. You know, early on, you know, he was uh, like he 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 called in. He had like a sports take. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> like, you know, you're not supposed to do that, right? Like, you know you're not supposed to call this show and make a uh, great sports opinions, huh? <laughs> so yeah, but shout out to you, Chris. Like you're, I, I was one of your like, uh, like he was one of the first people I, I could say I was a fan of. And I remember when he reached out to me one time uh, when I when I finally got on Twitter and I was calling a lot. And I, I think I was like, wow, man, like fucking Chris in Houston's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, t- uh, tweeting at me. I fucking that's that's pretty sick. Like him and and Justin. Or when Justin in Cincinnati reached out to me on Twitter, I was like, I was like, holy fuck, I'm I'm having a conversation with uh, Justin in Cincinnati, you know? And uh, so yeah. <laughs> if Justin in Cincinnati is uh, is is someone is uh, making you excited that he contacted you, you've really got to have a good hard look at the mirror, there, mate. Yeah, it's at the bar real low. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But you know, when you're when you've just come out of prison and all that, you probably uh, yeah, <laughs> you cling to anything, right? Yeah, uh, I the other day I was thinking about it too much or not enough, and like I remember this one from back then. You remember when it used to be seven, too much or not enough yeah. it used to be seven, not five. Yeah, um, and if so, you got them all right, they would name it after you. Yes, so the, I remember this guy, and I just remember the stretch of road I was driving on at the time when it happened. He went down O three. And uh, and then he got three in a row, and and the the last one. And I remember he got it right. Everyone in the studio cheered. I was in my car pumping my fist, going, "Yeah!" yeah. yeah. Like he ran the table at the end to win it. Like it's just funny the random shit that you get into. That's a funny funny story about that that game show. That was actually the second time I ever called, and um, that was actually the uh, that night was the night my son was born. Um, I was in the hospital. Yeah, he was uh he was born premature, so he was in the NICU. So you know it was just me and uh, my wife were in the room. She's kind of tired, and I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling good, and I'm calling in, and uh, you know that was if you know militia members want to look it up. It, that was January 6th of 2019, um, 2020, before the uh, you know world came to a grinding uh, halt. Um, but yeah, that was my second call. The first call didn't go so well. This was like years ago. So the first call, I think, was like in 2016, 2017. It was towards the end of the Chris Paul Clippers, right? And I endured so many years of Ben talking about the Clippers, and I hated the fucking Clippers. And so I called in, and it was it was like the Clippers got off to a bad start. Chris Paul, obviously in decline, you know, like like you know. And so I, I called in to rub it in, and so I I really didn't really get the show at that point as far as calls go. So I call in, I'm like, yeah, Maller. You like Chris Paul so much, but let me read some stats to you. If you look in the last two years, his points per game has declined by this much, and his re- and Ben like tore me apart. He's like, "What you you know like uh, basically like why the fuck are you reading stats? You know like like, <laughs> like this is the show to call in us to start talking about stats like that, you know? And so like I was like, oh fuck. And so I was kind of like that kind of like I got scared, so I didn't call for a while, you know. But um, yeah. You know, those are those are my first couple calls. Yeah, it's good. I mean, 
Um, you've also take part in the, you know, the game shows. I mentioned too much. I don't know if you do play uh, some Mountain of Money and uh, Password. Do you have a favorite favorite memory? The other day, I did like the other day when you'd um when you'd already won <laughs> and you were running yeah. up the score and you took that opportunity to trash the Clippers. Uh, <laughs> any other fun stories from game shows? I, I love I love Mallers Mountain of Money. Um, you know, one of my favorite ones was uh, I think it was back in March of last year. And uh, so I called in and ended up winning. And I was like, yeah, I've been choked like your Clippers. And I set him off. So he started going back and forth. And that's when he was like, yeah, well, the Spurs, the Clippers beat the Spurs. I'm like, yeah, it was like two years ago, you historian, you know, like <laughs> anytime I can trigger him at, at you know, uh, anytime I can troll on the way out of a game show, uh, I, I try to, you know, I, I try to ca- kind of keep it funny that way. Um, there was another one where, uh, you know, I came back from uh, behind. I think it was against Paul. It was around my birthday. It was around that time. Um, he messed up on. He didn't say uh, Serena's name right, uh, and uh, he kept saying Venus. And then he was like uh, Serena or whatever. But I ended up pointing out those are kind of a couple of fun ones. Yeah. Very nice. Now, you know, I think uh, I'm, I'm obviously we don't know officially yet but I, i'm sure you're going to be on the ballot uh for caller of the year uh you know obviously you might you might need to pepper in a few calls over the last couple of months of the year but are you feeling good about your chances for caller of the year do you want to you know put out a uh you know put out a campaign uh, vote charlie yeah you know I, I feel like i feel like I, i've done enough like i so when i really started calling this past year it's because i was i was like you know what you know, I was like, I was like, man, I wanted to bring back kind of comedy to the show, but not in in more of a, not, not a look at me, you know what I mean? But I wanted to make you think, I wanted to have punchlines, you know what I mean? I wanted people to, you know, I wanted to have a setup, you know? And then I was like, and I also wanted to embrace that heel role, you know, to, to be that polarizing figure. And so that's why I started calling in. And I think I've had some some great calls. I think one of my favorite ones was uh, when I responded the first time I responded to uh, Manuel, uh, Kim Trail Manuel. Um, I thought, uh, you know, there were a few really good lines in there. I always try, I always use uh, the the crew as, as a gauge, you know, if I can hear and Eddie in particular, cause he's more uh, like, he, he kind of like, he doesn't laugh at anything. You know what I mean? Like you, you really got to have a good punchline to get him going. You know, I, I think I did enough. I mean, the last, the last couple months, though, like, uh, you know, I, I've tried to kind of ease up on calls because I didn't, I didn't want to turn into someone that just hogged the line. You know what I mean? Because I, I do want new, new callers to come in. I do want new talent. You know, I mean, uh, it, it makes the show great. You know, if we can have new caller rivalries, that's always fun. You know, and I didn't want to be one of those people that just like every day tied up a phone line, you know? And so like, I, I've tried to kind of just, you know, make, you know, cut it back, make it one or two calls, but I think the closer we get, I'm going to kind of start ramping up, bring back new material. I thought my talent show call was one of the best calls of the year. You know, if you go back and listen to my talent show call in it, and it's overshadowed because of course in the talent show, you have a lot of musical acts and that I think, I, you know, I understand it takes a lot of talent in its, in its own right. But if you go back and listen to that call and, and to think that, right before I went on, I changed everything. Like I had, I had, a, I had one direction I was going to go. I had a couple beforehand. And then right before I went on, 
um, like I heard uh, Alexis call, and in my as she was saying it, like I was like responding to her. You know, <laughs> I was like mm. I, I was making a couple of jokes. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go all in. And so if y'all go back and to listen to that, that that was kind of one of my finest works. I think my uh, uh, the line with Blind Scott's dog that he would rather uh, be Mike Vick's therapy dog than spend another minute with that guy. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. No, yeah. Definitely. No, I was I was impressed. I remember listening to your talent show call and thinking, all right, did he have anything prepared or did he was he going on the fly? Because you were talking about stuff that just happened. So no, it was. Yeah. It was impressive, and uh, yeah, you've just confirmed to me that you did have something prepared. You just completely changed it. Um, look, man, really appreciate you uh, jumping on and, and right. telling telling your story. Um, it, you know, obviously, good to get you back on the show. I know everyone. Um, I know everyone's a big fan of yours, so thanks for coming back. Uh, so yeah, why don't you plug your Twitter and, and anything else that uh, you want the militia to know about? All right, guys. So my Twitter is homosexual for leaf, homosexual uh, <laughs> for life, but it's spelled. Uh, like all the cool kids do nowadays with a Y instead oh of an God. I, you know? You do this every time. Every time. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. L-I-F, Romosexual for LIF1, L-I-F1. That's, <laughs> you think there's a Y in there. There's not. There's no Y there's in not? there. No, there's oh. not. And every time you, we do this and it's the same thing. <laughs> So I probably shouldn't have even I, I, asked you to plug your Twitter. I probably should have just plugged your Twitter for you. Um, yeah, you, because you probably you're a done a better job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just uh, that. Uh, shout, I want to give a shout out to all the new uh, mem- active members coming out of San Antonio. Uh, we've had a, a lot of callers coming in from San Antonio lately. Um, they're having more of an active presence uh, in social media. You know, maybe one day, hopefully, we can get together to do something here in San Antonio. Um, also, to to you, Robbie Rock, Shelvin, awesome to me. Um, Justin Cincinnati, Christian Houston, y'all, y'all been y'all been great. You know, talking uh, off air um on twitter y'all y'all have been really cool you know for the moment i started talking to you y'all, y'all made me feel like welcome and so and then uh rob rob the goat man you know um mm. shout out to you you're one of the my, i actually enjoy i look forward to football saturdays and sundays uh with uh my fellow degenerate gambler <laughs> um and so y'all have been awesome uh appreciate you letting me get on and uh kind of talk to you for a little while um but yeah uh enjoy the rest of your day guy thank you very much brother Alright, take it easy. Welcome back to Malatown. Thank you very much, Charlie. We could have gone on and on and on forever. Uh, I had I had to cut the Romo argument short and uh, all these different things. So good time with Charlie. And obviously, we, we know he's a part of the team. He's part of the family here at Malatown. So you'll hear plenty more from Charlie uh, going forward. So Robbie and Rocks. Uh, I thought that was quite a long interview. So I thought we, we've got some emails, as you said, rocks in the mailbag, uh, mm-hmm. and I, we've got some other material that we'll probably save for episode 17. But I reckon just to close out episode 16, why don't we read a couple of the emails that have come into the mailbox? Sounds good to me. All right. All right. It starts out from um, John in Tacoma. Hello, and John. it says, Greetings, Mallertown crew. Aussie guy, you are talking about trimming your facial hair. Do you and Queen Roxanne keep your downstairs completely shaved? Robbie, when was the last time you were able to see your downstairs? John in Tacoma. <laughs> He's doing his best not to laugh right now. Um, 
I don't. Yeah, I, I never thought I'd be having to talk about the the grooming of um, <laughs> yeah. of my downstairs area. But now, nah, look at the moment uh, with with my situation, with my wife being pregnant and everything, uh, th- there's no work being done uh, down in that situation, other than a you know a bit of bit of soap, bit of body wash uh, in the evening. Uh, now nah, that things are, that's the things are raging for us at the moment. Wow, that's weird to me. <laughs> what about you, Rox? <laughs> Uh, I don't have any hair. No hair at all? Not even a landing strip or something? No. An arrow? I got nothing. Um, Like a few years ago, I found a gray hair down there and just like was like, no, this isn't happening. So I shaved it all off and it's been that way ever since. Well, that's kind of me with my head hair. You you guys on the video would be able to see the hair. I got a little bit. And at the moment, I'm due for a cut because this is about as long as it ever gets. But... Uh, yeah, uh, why don't more women do that? Shave an arrow and like point the men to the clitoris to, you know. Do you need a fucking arrow to know where to go? <laughs> I don't know. I'm quite good at okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that covers that, Robbie. Um, when was the last time that? Well, let's be fair, right? We're not going to be that mean to Robbie. When was the last time you didn't have to lean forward to see your junk? You guys are disgusting. What the hell? I'm I wake up. Read fucking email. I know. Wake up, and then the first thing I hear is, hey, when's the last time you saw you Well, first, I told you to put a fucking yet. hat on. What? He said, no, first we told you to put a fucking hat on. Well, there's that. No, I don't know. No comment? Played in the fifth? Are you not going to discuss your downstairs? No, I'm not. I plead the fifth, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what happens sometimes. I mean, Robbie, the reason I ask about the leaning forward things, I'm not going to lie. I've got a bit of a gut, and sometimes I do have to do the lean forward to, you know, to see it. So cold morning, stuff like that, you know. Anyway. <laughs> Moving along. Uh, uh, all right, so what are we going to do? We're going to get two emails or three? Because that was pretty short. Um, this How many do we have total? Too. How many do we have total? Six. Six? Oh, let's do three and we'll say three. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is from Shane and Des Moines for Roberto. It says, I'll try to be more brief this time. Love you guys. Love the podcast. I made my debut call late in April and have been talking to a few people about early Benny nominees. Do you have any early nominees for Benny Awards? I'd go Andrea for Female Caller of the Year, Charlie for Caller of the Year, and I'd like to say who Rookie Caller of the Year should be, but I don't want to be a cunt, LOL. P.S. Scratch Off is a war on the ass of the militia and needs to pick up Blind Scott to reenact a famous scene from Thelma and Louise. What's that? Yeah, you're Oh, fuck me. Get fucking... Very famous movie from back in the day, Robbie. Go seek it out. Oh, Actually, no, ready for, for episode 18. Uh, you need to have watched Thelma and Louise. How about that? I don't know that's not happening. Yeah, well, if, if you don't, you're letting down the militia and and I, I don't I don't know what repercussions there are because we already ridicule you, so we'll just ridicule <laughs> you more. So that's probably I haven't seen Godfather. I haven't seen most movies. You haven't seen Godfather? No. Wow. I read 10 pages of the book like LeBron did, but. 
Actually, I, do, I was very clear to say 18 a second ago, but just going back to the whole 14 issue, I realised this week that you guys, <laughs> you guys are going to have a big problem with 17, 18, 19 coming up. Uh, oh, gonna... Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why? Oh, they, did they not have a problem the way I say 18, 19? Oh, I've gotten over it. It's yeah. still others Roxanne, though. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> Anyway, I just I real I realized that this week and I thought it doesn't get any better until we hit 20. Uh this, this. <laughs> <laughs> um, um so right. who did, okay, so oh, nominees, Benny nominee. right. yeah, I agree with the Charlie one. I just brought that up with Charlie uh in our conversation. Uh, so definitely him for caller of the year. Uh I mean Andrea, yeah, obviously Andrea and the other four women that call will all be nominated for <laughs> female call right. of the year. So yeah, that's a given. Uh, I'm not sure what else. Um I mean um, Chris, got- Chris has had a good year. I I'd, I'd put Chris in the call of the year category. Robbie, don't look at me like that. What? You're a racist. Oh, what? <laughs> you gave me this this like are you serious? Look on your face when I when I've three Christmas. Just think he's been falling off, falling off a little bit. All right, fair enough. Robbie's not. What about worst call of the year? Would you put him in that category then? Uh, <laughs> <sighs> worst cat. Worst call of the year. I don't know. Yeah. I wish Sh- Sir- um, Sean the Hood guy would call him more because I think he would be able to be in the call of the year conversation, but yeah. he calls like once a month. So it's, mm. yeah, but co- co- the quote, the <laughs> content of each of his calls is pretty good. No, I agree. John Lord guys are yeah. always pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. Does Roxy, you got any thoughts on who stands out for caller of the year? Like, I think Charlie is a standout. I don't know. Who Besides Charlie. Um, I'm worried he won't get nominated though, because of that. I have a feeling like, well, Regina might get in that column. Worst caller? Best caller. Okay. <laughs> Another. She entertains people. People like to hear her calls just because the way we react, that's not like the militia likes to hear her call. And she doesn't make bad calls. I mean, she's entertaining, she's funny as hell. You know, there's not much up there, but that's what's funny. It is a it is a kind of hot sounding voice. I will give her that. What's happened here? Oh no! <laughs> Once again, another recording uh-huh. where something goes wrong. So my internet just dropped out, and the the Zoom call just died. So. Uh, I'm going to try and pick up where we left off. We're trying to remember where we left off. And I, I think we were talking about um, Call of the Year and, and different uh, nominations. So, uh, yeah, Robbie, I think you said Sean the Hood guy, which is we, we all thought was good. Mm-hmm. Rox, you brought up Regina, I think, uh, from memory. Yep. Is there anything else? Anyone, anyone else? Like, I, I reckon it's a scratch off his worst caller. Yeah, but I don't even want to give that fucker attention. You give people attention yeah, like that, they just point. get annoying as fuck, man. That's like, true. Worst caller and best caller are like curses on people, mm. which is fine. Fuck is him. Is it bad? I don't mind Sir Scratchall. <laughs> you liked fucking real talk too, so let's not even go there. You have bad opinions of callers. I, I don't know. Real yeah. talk with Clarence till his last call, and then yeah, I don't know what. No, he's not. He's trying to do with that. Yeah, that was. 
pretty bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's. <laughs> wow, right. I couldn't even make it through that entire call. That, he could that, be worst that. caller of the year still. He could still win that category, even though did, he got banned. Didn't he almost, was it Weedman or him that almost won, that came in first one year for best caller and second for worst or vice versa? I think it was Weedman. Uh, I know Weedman's won them both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in different years, obviously, but he's won them both. Um, but I think the year he won best caller, it was, Weedman was still good then. No, when he actually won call of the year, he was actually a good caller. I voted for him. I liked yeah. him then. He yeah. had great calls. I voted for real talk. Like, you what? Yeah, he voted for real talk. Let's not get bogged down on that. We just, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Rookie caller of the year. There's a lot that could go in that category. I lose track of who's a rookie and who's not, to be honest. Yeah. Right. It's only if they're like a kid caller, it's easier to remember if they're a rookie because there's just so oh, few. Of course, you remember the kid callers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sick fucker, Robbie. Really? You're showing your true colors right now. Oh my God. Why do I say anything? We wonder the same thing sometimes. He, he threw his hat down because he was so pissed off because he knew he walked into that one. <laughs> he knew it was his own fault. <laughs> So now that's what happens when he sends a dumb tweet, and then he's like, "Oh fuck, I shouldn't have sent that." Yeah, throws his hat, and then he gets his fat fingers in there, like it's our fault. He sent mm. the t- tweet, and we just responded. Mm. All right, uh, do we go one more email, and then we'll wrap one up? One more email. Yeah, let's do it. And it's from Tammy and Manana. Manana. And it says, "Great interviews, Chris being Chris, fantastic." I will have. I will and have defended Chris too. Getting to hear Andrea's background, her life, her discussions on life was really wonderful. Robbie, working at a law firm, I have a question. Are Robbie's studies related to being a lawyer or paralegal? And what attire does Robbie wear at work? Robbie doesn't like one-on-one threesome then? What? What was the one-on-one? I don't get the one. Yeah, what's that a reference? What's that a callback to? You must have said something about one-on-one, probably about you and Justin. I don't know. And thanks for shining light on it. (laughs) I know what one-on-one means. For when was it referenced? Uh, You know, I can't remember everything that's said in every show. No, you barely remember anything. I'm usually the one that remembers this. Hey, you get me up at fucking eight in the morning on a goddamn Saturday morning, man. I don't get up this early for fucking work. Yeah, forget the fact that it's past midnight for me, but anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Robbie, what, are you going to be a, a lawyer or paralegal first? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe. That's not That's not an it's answer. It's a yes or no fucking question. Well, it's two options, paralegal, lawyer, or there's three options, paralegal, lawyer, or neither, and you said maybe. So maybe to all of them. That's on this one. Yeah. So maybe to maybe this podcast will take off, and we'll we'll never have to we'll never have to work another day in our lives. Oh, that'd be you know. Next thing you know, Dave Portnoy will be banging down my door, wanting me to get to New York City to work on the podcast. I want to work for him, but making bets. Like I want to do bets for them on a daily basis. Yeah. I've decided I don't want to be a writer anymore because the writing business is fleeting very quickly. Like 
on Twitter, like once a week, you see companies, you know, uh, we're done doing writing. We're going to move into the digital era, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is fucking nuts to me. But it's the way it's working. Well, the problem is there's like a million. It seems like there's a million fancy websites. So only a certain amount. Everyone's trying to find a way to get ratings. So they're switching back. Right. Right. I agree. All right. So, and uh, what attire does Robbie wear at work? Yes, that was all. Depends if I, if anyone's coming in. Not if no one's coming in, I'm just wearing khakis and a sweatshirt. But khakis and a sweatshirt. Yeah, it's cold there. But if there's if it's a busy day, I'll wear like what are like dockers and then like a button down collar shirt. Really dressing to impress, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. Did you miss the depends thing? Because you said depends and then paused massively. So that's kind what? of funny. Because isn't depends like for incontinence? It's like or adult diapers. Yeah. So you, yeah. we said, what do you wear? And you went, depends. Oh my a God. Massive pause. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, all right. Are we going to continue with this? No, uh, no, we'll call that. Because uh, Charlie just chewed up so much time on that interview. Well, no, no, no. I mean, Tammy's email wasn't over. Oh, it's not over. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, we'll keep going okay. with the email. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to go know. to the next email. No, if it's no. that email still going, keep reading it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Roxanne sharing her see my tits and the naked guy could be driving with Roxanne segment involving her occupation, road rage, dumbass, weirdos, cunts, and dicks. Oh, okay. So maybe we make a regular segment of you telling stories about the different different wacky characters you made along the way. And you, no, she is shaking her head with a very vile look on her face, Tammy. So that's a big she could, she could fill up at least 10 podcasts with a car crash, she said. Yes. I've had? No. No, not that I've had. I don't wreck. I hit a pole one time because I was still drunk from the fucking night before. I don't know why I get so much flack for hitting a fucking pole. One pole, one time. I don't wreck. Do you know how many accidents I avoid every fucking day? What? I've, no, I've never hit a pole. I'm just going to say that. Me neither. Well, I, it, was, it was the night after the NFC championship game, and Tom Brady beat Aaron Rodgers to go to the fucking Super Bowl, and I got wasted the night before, and I got up like normal the next day and went to work, and I guess I was a little drunk still, and I didn't even hit it hard. I was backing up. You gotta listen to the Ben Mauer PSAs. They they'll see you before you see them. I <laughs> wasn't drinking and driving. I went to bed and woke up the next day. Robbie, it happens when you get that drunk. Sometimes I'm little. At rocks. I'm not sure if you understand. You fully understand drink driving. Uh, that's if you if you're drunk, like you're still drink driving. Doesn't mean that it doesn't matter that you went to bed and it wasn't Hush. a conscious decision. <laughs> I hit a pole, not anybody, not anything else. It was a pole. I broke a lie. I taped it up. Everything's fine now. How do you know it wasn't a I get a lot of flack for one fucking pole, though, for driving 50-some hours a week, every week, for the last 20 years. Okay. That one fired her up. Well done, Robbie. (laughs) (laughs) You want to finish the email? I do. Yeah. Where are the Just Josh jokes? Militia, who needs to come on? Justin in Cincinnati, Felexis, Angry oh. Bill, Sean the Hood guy, and many more. Who Don't get you, me cunt. started on Justin in Cincinnati coming on the show. Love Don't you, country. Yep, so good. I'm stealing it. Tammy in Montana. She likes cunties. Cunties? 
cunty stuff. Why am I seeing your foot? <laughs> what is happening, dude? I fell. <laughs> How did I miss that? I saw you disappear. Are you fucking three? How do you fall? <laughs> the fuck just happened? So there's like this. Here, I'll show you. There's like this thing. Oh, uh, Ottoman, like, I think they it, call it. It's like a hotel bench. Well, yeah, it's like a, it's like couch without a back. And, and back. I went back to laugh, <laughs> and I fell over into my suitcase. That's great. So Robbie's on location this week. He's uh, he's in a hotel. He's not in his basement like he normally is. Which is just great because when people, when people like the old fashioned making fun of someone is you're in your mum's basement and Robbie literally normally does the podcast from his mum's basement. So can we just focus on the fact they fell and not go to one person? <laughs> well, I'm really glad you were able to get up because lots of fat people, you know, and I don't mean that in a mean way. They just like <laughs> time getting back up. Like I watch that, those shows, yeah. you know, wow. I just looked down and saw. I no, down. it's my 600-pound life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whatever. Anyway, I just looked down and I saw your stubby little fat toes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking waving like, at me. What the fuck are we seeing? <laughs> I was like, is he doing a bit? Is he <laughs> he's started to do sketch comedy now? That <laughs> did hurt though. And he's gassed. He's completely gassed. He's, he, he needs a minute because he's he like a tu- that. he was like a turtle on his back for a minute there as he tried to <laughs> roll himself back over. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, on that note, uh, I that's, think that's karma for saying I wreck all the time. Yeah. That's probably. Uh, on that note, I guess we'll call it quits on on episode. Thanks for your email, Tammy. Was that done? Would uh, I don't know if we even commented on what. Oh, we've got some Just Josh jokes coming in episode 17. I will say that. Uh, well, she, she has the suggestions for you for who you want, for who she wants interviewed. Oh, yes. So. Um, get, I, get on that, would you? Yeah, okay. okay. Oh, you know who we, who we can get on, though? I forget, I should tell you this real quick. Uh, she did message me about getting uh, Rod, the ambassador, to Bakersfield on. Oh, all right, excellent. Let's, let's tee that up. I'd love to have a chat okay. with him. Yeah, 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 me too. I've met him. He's really, really nice. All right, cool. Let's uh, let's organize that. Okay. Uh, all right, we'll we'll call it there for episode sixteen. Uh, Robbie, where can everyone find you on Twitter? Uh, at Mariner Robbie. I assume you didn't hear the end of last week's episode because you don't listen when you're on. Is that correct? Well, I don't know yeah, if you ever well, listened. Well, well, I did. I did your Twitter at the end, and I went uh, at Mariner Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> and he literally just said the exact uh, at Manaravi. Um, <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> so yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on again, mate. Uh, everyone, everyone always loves you. And falling off your, falling off your stool, ottoman, whatever it was there, uh, quite amusing. Rocks. Lucky it didn't break. Yeah, it's a second. Last yes, last night tripped over the damn thing. So this thing's trying to kill me. Do you have eyes? Yeah, but he's got that giant stomach. Well, because like, so it was it was positioned like in front of this window, but there was a gap between like. So you're standing looking out, and I turn around and my heel clipped the thing. Next thing I know, I'm rolling towards the bed. I thought there was an earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Rocks. You want to do I almost plugs? crushed my pizza. It was 
Oh, that would have been devastating. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. <laughs> what, Aussie? Uh, do you want to do all your plugs? Uh, at F Queen Roxanne on Twitter, the F and Q are capital. At Mallertown on Twitter is our account at Mallertown Militia at Gmail, not at Mallertown Militia at Gmail. Is it Gmail or Yahoo? Oh, fuck it. Why do we? <laughs> it's, it's Gmail. Mallertown Militia at Gmail.com. Do you know what? From now on, just do your Twitter. And to be totally honest, I, I love. I enjoy laughing at you when you're trying to do the F and Q a capital bit. It's irrelevant. If they type. Why do I have to? Why do I think I need to say that? I don't know. But if they just put F, if they just put F Queen Roxanne, like the capitals are irrelevant. They'll find it. Right. Yeah. You're probably right, actually. But you just torment yourself, so it's funny. And then you always go at Meltdown Militia at Gmail. <laughs> oh, I'll still fuck it up every time, Robbie. Yeah. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> just the uh, way the brain works. Yeah, so good job. Um, for me, <laughs> uh, a bit more Get My Go today uh, drops. I've been on a few episodes lately of Get My Go, so head on over to YouTube.com slash Get My Go. The Mal- uh, the Mal- Militia are a savage group of people, and I think you'd enjoy us making fun of other shitty podcasters. So, uh, yeah, check out Get My Go. Other than that, on Twitter, I am at that sussy guy. Just imagine that Aussie guy and put an S where the A should be. We'll catch you next time on Malatown. Yeah.